Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put down a deposit, you can get up to $1,000 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. Uh, William Brad Alice joining. Hello, William. How you doing? I'm okay, Michael. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Appreciate a uh, um, couple things came up, so I had to move the schedule around a little bit, but appreciate you making time with us today, Brad. Oh, no worries. All right. Let's talk a little bit of football first. Uh, we talked a lot of basketball. And just looking at this depth chart and, you know, what it is going into camp, am I crazy to think that this team should be significantly better this year just based off the quarterback play? Uh, I guess it depends what your definition of uh, significant is. Do I think they're going to win more games? Yeah. Do I think they will be more competitive, more games? Yeah. Um, does that mean it could only be three wins? Yeah. I, you know, there's still a long way to go in revamping this roster. But when you look at a minimum, the quarterback position where, again, if let's say McLeod was your best quarterback last year, he's probably your third best quarterback this year. Right. Uh, and that, again, is a significant uh, step up. Uh, the recru- uh, receiving room should be a little bit better. Uh, let's hope the line is better, the running back room. Uh, the big thing is, yeah, what what have they done on the defensive side of the ball to make themselves better, and how will they adjust to the new defensive coordinator? Uh, but, yes, I mean, last year it was a bad roster. It's still not a great roster, but it's an improved roster. A lot of that is youth, though. So how quickly can you get them ready uh, for D1 college football? So there's still a lot of questions, but I don't think, you know, if, if we're just looking at raw talent, there's any way you can deny that this group is better than it was last year. You know, looking at this, staying with the passing game, looking at this on paper, and again, I realize the games aren't played on paper, 
But looking at it on paper, I think you could make the case that this is the most talented receiving unit since 98. And I know that we've talked about this a little bit, but you look at it, Jacob Cowan coming in, caught for almost 1,400 yards at UTEP, granted UTEP. You've got the highest rated wide receiver in, the, uh, in UVA history and TMAC coming in. You've got a plethora of other guys who are four-star receivers, whether that's a Speedy Luke, a Kevin Green. And then on top of that, you've got a Dorian Singer who flashed last year and was probably their best wide receiver by the end of the day. So, again, I get that it's on paper, but I think you can easily make the case that this is a really, really talented group you got here. You know, if all of them live up to their star ranking, then I'd agree with you it's the most talented since 98. I mean, Stoops had some pretty good receiver rooms. So let's right. not discount that. Correct. Uh, and – Literally one and a half, two of these guys are proven. Uh, but yes, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot to work with. Um, it reminds me a lot of when Stoops brought in uh, Terrell Reese and uh, that group. That oh, group. Terrell, Terrell Turner. Terrell Turner. Uh, Reese Terrell Reese and, was one of them. And who was the other one? Uh, there the was a third one. Northern, uh, Northern. Yeah, I mean, that was a really loaded recruiting class, and they were all kind of okay. Right. Um, so those are four star kids. Though. So, um, yeah, let's hope that they have a little more output than that group. But certainly the, the talent is there. Now, do you have a quarterback who can get them the ball? We think so. Does he have a line that can give him the time to get them the ball? That might be the big question. Well, I think that's the question. You, I mean, you've got some you've got some skill returning on the offensive line. Peyton Fears has started a ton of games, obviously, at tackle. Josh Baker finished the year pretty strong interior. You got Jonas Sabanea coming in that we've talked about, again, that I think that you're probably going to be seeing a lot of this year. But there's a lot, like you said, the offensive line, I think, is the major question mark because it's fairly easy to pencil in a lot of these guys at certain positions. The offensive line, though, is different because, what, there's basically two spots that are spoken for, for sure. Yeah, and if you look at it, you know, they've got some returning guys, but how good were they last year? And, and part of it is I don't think we know um, because when you did have a gun-shy quarterback, um, was he gun-shy because the line was bad or, or was the line bad because he was gun-shy? Uh, right. so I think, again, there are a lot of questions with the line. And, you know, we also – there's this – you know, we forget that guys improve or guys fail to improve from the year before. I mean, you know, even if you're talking upperclassmen, this is a different coaching regime, a different uh, weight training program. So we don't know how long it takes for things to click in Brennan Carroll's uh, system. We don't know how, you know, how far behind were some of these guys on strength and conditioning. Uh, and, and frankly, the one thing you do see is occasionally when you have upper class offensive linemen, they just find that grown man strength in their early 20s. It happens. Right. right. It, we're so used to skill position guys or basketball players who are fully formed human beings and athletes pretty early in their career. Um, but when you're a lineman, yeah, a lot of times you – just hit a point in your early 20s where it's easier to get thicker. It's easier right. to put on muscle. Matt, are you speaking from experience? Uh, yeah, and unfortunately it happens again at 30. It happens again at 40. And in about six months, I'll tell you how thick you get at 50. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, so offensively, though, I think it's fair to say that we, we think that this should be a significantly better unit. I'm not saying it's going to be a significantly better team, but just offensively, I think you got a lot more to work with. And you at least – you have a quarterback – I mean, last year, you know, with all due respect to Gunnar Cruz and to Will Plummer, you watched Gunnar Cruz and 
you know, every like we talked about, everything seemed like a three-yard pass or a 50-yard heave out of bounds. Will Plummer, the game just looked like it was a little too fast for him at times. So Delora certainly doesn't have any of those concerns coming in. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you got to find somebody that can get a pass rush. It's been a it's been a while since Arizona's had a consistent guy that could you know might you might even have to go back to what Scooby Wright since. I mean, you saw flashes of it with was it Kylan Wilbon? Um, yeah, and then he could never duplicate it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to really go back from a defensive line perspective. Um, it's the, the old group that Rob Lance and I dubbed the Cowboys from hell. And that was Brooks Reed, Deandre Reed and, uh, Ricky Elmore. Ricky Elmore. That was right. the last time I think they consistently got a pass rush from the defensive end position. And frankly, let's not forget the outside Earl Mitchell in the middle there who, uh, opened things up for guys. Um, so yeah, you're right. you know, and again, this defense will be different. I think, again, we're going to see variations of the three, four, the three, three, five, uh, so you may be getting outside linebackers blitzing. Um, but, yeah, you certainly need a consistent pass rush, especially uh, in, in college football where I, I'm not convinced this DB group can uh, be on an island that long. I mean, you can, you can, know, in the NFL, you have some talented guys who can play by themselves. But in college football, yeah, you have to get a pass rush. Now, and I think there's about four, three or four guys that you look to and you say, I'd like to see an improvement this year. And we're going to get to those in just a second. But if you wanted to bet on it, I'm not sure you can bet on this, but you would go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, so you put down a deposit. You can get up to $1,000 in free plays. That simple, that easy. You got to be 21 and up. Arizona only. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of. Again, I don't think that you can bet on that there, but if there was a sports book where you could bet it, it would be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, so I'm going to run by a couple names right here for you, Brad, and just tell me what you'd like to see, what you think are realistic expectations. Uh, Jalen Harris first. Obviously, Sean Harris's kid's been around forever. What, do you, what would you like to see? You know, I think ideally in a perfect world, Jay, Jalen Harris would finish out his career uh, as a – fringe all pack 12 type player right uh, i'd like to see between seven and seven sacks eight sacks um maybe a spike more but really if you can get into that neighborhood uh a guy who other defenses have to at least account for right uh, and if you can do that then that's gonna free up a lot i think he has the ability uh he just never has been able to put it quite together but again a lot of that is how many DCs has he had? How many? Right. Uh, how much help has he had? Um, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of factors in it, but yeah, I'd like to see him kind of live up to the at least the raw athletic ability that we know he and his brother, frankly, possess. Right. A guy that I'm very fascinated to see this coming year is Hunter Eccles, too. Now, again, USC transfer um, didn't you know didn't do a ton at USC. I get all of that, but. At the end of the day, it is USC. He was really good in camp. He uh, got after the uh, passer during the uh, spring game. I'd really like to see what he can do out there as well. Yeah, you know, you you throw that in, you throw in the uh, defensive tackle from UCLA, and those three guys at least give you legit upper-level Pac-12 athleticism. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you're an upper-level Pac-12 player. Don't get me wrong. But we... We have seen where Arizona has had 
high level play from guys who are lesser athletes. And you mentioned one, Scooby Wright. There's a reason Scooby Wright dominates the XFL and the USFL, but not the NFL. And that's raw athleticism. Unfortunately right. for him, um, an amazing football player who's just not an amazing athlete. Very good athlete, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, these three guys, and you throw in maybe a few others, you and Jason Harris, maybe one, are elite athletes. Now right. you have to get them. You know, why couldn't Hunter Eccles make a bigger impact uh, at USC? Now, some of it was the guys playing above him, but, you know, so can he be schemed into that? Can he, with, again, some more consistent coaching, possibly uh, be that guy? As it wasn't always the, you know, we weren't seeing the highest quality of USC coaching that we've ever seen right, right. Uh, in, in, in L.A. So, again, can he be a guy who can, who can make a difference? He can't. I don't know if he will. But I certainly am willing to bank on that level of an athlete over trying to bank on uh, a guy who's just really, you know, good hard worker and, you know. Right. Just the right way. Yeah. You know, Parker, no offense, but Parker Zellers, uh, I'd rather I'd rather bank on Hunter Eccles. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Now, Keon Bars is a player that, you know, missed a little bit of time, but he's showing up on some watch lists right now. I think on paper, just by acclaim, he's probably the best returning player. Um, but again, it's, you know, we're not talking guys that have put up a lot of numbers. It'd be nice to see him be able to really cause some havoc in the interior there. Yeah, you know, and again, I caution people with numbers with the interior defensive linemen. Um, you cannot have a tackle or a half tackle or a sack and completely dominate a football game at that position. And it's one of the few on defense that you can. Because right. if you can control your gap, if you can force guys wide, if you can force a double team, which frees up a linebacker or a DN to, to get in, then you've done your job. Right. Um, and, you know, I've seen people where they don't have many sacks at the interior. I don't need I don't need sacks at the interior defensive lineman. Um, right. You know, it's just like it's, it's kind of like saying, well, my quarterback didn't rush for a whole lot of yards. Well, we didn't right. ask him. We didn't ask him to. Uh, now, that being said, if he could free himself up and, and get to the quarterback a few times, that's better than nothing. But, yeah, as long as he can be a guy who. Again, can dominate his gap, can uh, occasionally either need another blocker, whether that's another lineman, a running back to chip on him. Uh, that's going to open things up for everybody else. And then whatever he plays on, to make plays he makes on top of that is, is just kind of gravy. All right, so let's get to the DBs a little bit here. Joseph Davis uh, says at least the DBs will have another year together, together maybe better cohesion. You do return almost everybody in the secondary. At the end of the day, though, I think the guys that really kind of flashed at the end, Traden Stooks obviously was a walk-on that really earned a lot of PT at the end of the season. He was he was big time towards the end of the year. He's going to be opposite Christian Roland Wallace. You got Christian Young back there as well. What do you look for out of the DBs this year? Just a, a, an improvement uh, yeah. overall. And again, I think the corners were... were talent-like, in your opinion. Is the talent good enough at the defensive back position? I don't know. Frankly, right. I, I don't know how much of their deficiencies with scheme, talent, preparation, uh, dedication. Um, it's just so hard to tell. Right. Uh, frankly, I mean, it, it's a weird thing because all DBs are fast. Right. Some are faster than others. You know, you can see a physical DB. But really, until you get them out there and, and get them in a competent scheme, you just don't know. Right. Um, you know, I've seen people super critical of Chuck Cecil's coaching. I've seen people super critical of Dwayne Walker's coaching, uh, super critical of, uh, you know, Don Brown's coaching. 
but maybe you see that, that they did what they could with the talent they have. So I don't know. I mean, Trenton Stukes looked pretty good. But, mm-hmm. again, we're talking a guy who was uh, a lightly walk recruited on. walk-on. Right. Um, I think in a perfect world, I'd like to see him be the third corner. Right. Uh, you know, come in and, and play some slot corner play, you know, whatever this scheme is going to do. But I, if he's your best guy, he's your best guy. And that's just indicative of the problems. I mean, there's a reason they've got 147 defensive backs committed already. Right. Um, I mean, we, and they're all long. They're all like six foot three, which is great. Right. Because, uh, you know, I love I love me a tall TV, but right. Um, but there's a reason you're loading up on these guys. It's because you don't think you have enough there. I mean, because what they legitimately have, what, four or five already committed? Yeah. And three or four of their top targets are still DBs. And you and on top of that, too, you're already bringing in a couple guys like an Ephesians Prysock, who was, a, by the way, great name, also a four-star kid. So, yeah, you could tell that they looked at the DB room and they're like, yeah, we need some more players here. Well, and even look at last year when they were bringing in transfers, the kid from Notre Dame, the kid from Northwestern. Uh, that was it, trying to get some immediate help. Um, so, yeah, so I think, again, I think much like the entire roster, it's, it's a work in progress. The bizarre thing is I feel much better about the defensive line than I do, I think, any other position on the defense, uh, at least in terms of this season. And that's right. something we haven't been able to say at Arizona in a long time. Because especially too with the linebacker spot, it's kind of a it's kind of an open season when I look at it. I mean, you know, you've got an Anthony Solomon, you've got players like that, but I don't know that anybody there is really, really totally proven to the level where you're like, okay, you can just stamp him in right there. And we don't know how many are going to be on the field. Right. Uh, That's the other know, thing. I, I think I think you're going to see a lot of times where you just have one linebacker out there. To be honest, right. uh, and I don't know what what Johnny Nansen's, but. If they're really going with two linebackers in the base defense, and what happens when they go uh, with an extra DB? I'm guessing right. they, you're, you're pulling a linebacker and not a pass rusher. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it's an important position. I think it's a position in flux. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting young kids there, uh, including some of the kids coming in. Um, but we'll we'll see how that position eventually shakes out. And I don't know, but you know, last year they they really leaned on Anthony Pandy quite a bit uh, and he's you know he's not here anymore so you'll see uh, so who emerges you know uh, and we've seen some kids transfer out as well which uh, you know I liked I liked Jabbar Triplett I thought he could be a good player but just wasn't meant to be I agree all right now we're going to switch over to some basketball right there but before that Brad the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX here's the deal right now Arizona over or under two and a half wins. I like the over. I think that they're going to get that. I think Arizona is going to be in that four, maybe challenge for five wins. What say you? I would take the over at this point because, uh, frankly, I just the schedule's weird. It's a schedule where you can really go into every game and not win any of them, and it's also one where you can go in and I think Arizona has a re, has at least an outside shot at winning nine of them. Right, for sure. I mean, there's no game. There's there's basically only a few times that you try to get. Uh, there's basically on, only a few times that or games that you look at and say Arizona's got no chance. Yeah, uh, and it's weird because again, this could end up being. I mean, realistically, they can go zero and three or three and zero in the non-conference. Right. Um, you know, I San Diego State's not as good as they were last year, but you get them on the road, breaking in a new everything. Right. Uh, you know, you get a one double A team and we saw a bad one double A team uh beat them last and year. That's the point. 
it's a bad one. And you're getting a really good one this year, but it's still at the end of the day a one double A team. Uh, maybe they're more like a MAC team than a, than a traditional one double A team, but uh, you know Arizona has done fairly well against MAC teams with some bad football teams. Right. I just don't know. You know Mississippi State has to come out of their comfort zone um, again. So yeah, I would take the over. I don't think it's going to be that far over, but. Uh, again, I and I could change my mind completely after San Diego State game. I could be like, oh, you know, the, this coaching's not what we thought. You reserve, but you know what? That's why you want to get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app because you can put that in there right there. And you know what? If you don't like your bet, you have the ability to hedge it. So there you go right there. Code word PHNX. All right. Let's move it over to a little bit of U of A basketball. A guy that I think is very intriguing for this coming season that we have, well, nobody really talks about a ton other than the fact to say that nobody really talks about him a ton is Adama Ball. Now, you saw some of the highlights. I'm sure you did, too, what he was doing over in France, getting to the basket, dunking, hitting threes. He, to me, is the great wild card on this entire team, William, where I, if you were to tell me that he averages 11 a game, if you were to tell me that he was averaging four and a half a game, I could kind of see both. If you tell me he's the best player on the team next year, I might believe it. Yeah. And if you tell me he's transferring in December, I would believe it. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea. Right. Because um, he's barely 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we've barely seen him. And when we have, he's looked effective. But he's long. He's athletic. Uh, he appears to be a guy who has a variety of of skills from ball handling to shooting to driving. Um, so, yeah, I think my guess is it's somewhere in between. My guess is I still think he's going to end up starting at the three. Okay. Um, so what you're looking at, all right, well, let me ask you this then. So who's I, I, not, I think Larson comes off the bench. You think Larson comes off the bench? Okay. All right, fair because enough. Because I think he's comfortable in that role. Right. Um, and, and, again, could I see a situation where ball, yeah, ball could, might be your instant offense off the bench too. Does, but I, I, I think, I think there's a reason they they handled ball the way they did last year. But yeah, I think ball's either your starting three or he's your scorer off the bench. Um, and I think either way, you, you're in a pretty good shape at that position. Yeah, and I think with with ball, doesn't ball feel like the guy that's basically your Gonzaga type player that you know. You get him overseas, from overseas, he's a little bit under the radar, and he comes in, and he's he's young, he shows some flashes, and by the time he's an upperclassman, he looks like he's going to be a lottery pick. You know, we call that a Gonzaga player, but I think everything you say about Gonzaga, we also said about Lute Olsen. It's true. Isn't, isn't, he, true? One, isn't, isn't he one of those Lute guys who... Yeah, good point. Could you see him being Michael Dickers? Not the same type of player, but... The yeah, guy who that same probably, career trajectory. probably should have played a little more as a freshman. You could say this about Ray O's. You could mm-hmm. say this about some guys who transferred out too. But was better than his role was last year, but other guys were be- just better right. positioned. And then in year two, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this guy. Right. I mean, because remember, Dickerson barely played, and then he blew up against like ASU in the game. Everyone was suspended. Mm-hmm. And then by a sophomore, you're like, oh, that's an NBA player. Right. For um, sophomore year, he's averaging 11 a game, and you're like, okay, he's going to be an 18-point-per-game guy next year, and that's exactly what he was. Ray Oates was the same guy. JT, uh, JT had a little bit in that as well. Because I wasn't he his freshman year against, like, Washington? Yeah. Didn't he go, like, 22 or something you like that? You want to go way, way back? We can start talking, like, Wayne Womack of the world. Yes, right, um, right. You know, but that's, again, that's a different era, but – Again, when you are recruiting international guys and when you're 
kind of doing things a little differently than the big guys do. This happen. I mean, this happens with. We see this a lot with mid majors. Now, a lot of the times, what happens is you blow up as a sophomore, you transfer. But uh, this is good. You know, we're going to see. I think more and more of this, especially as a lot of the one and done guys go to play for Ignite or or, or right. one of those. You're going to see guys who are patient their first year because they know they're going to play their second year as opposed to, oh, I didn't play much my first year, so I'm leaving. You know, right. Justin Simon would have been this guy. He um, was the one guy too that felt like he was done. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, Gabe York became that guy, and it really took Gabe another year. But, you know, we're so quick to write off guys who don't play their first year. And now sometimes that's true. Sometimes the staff writes them up. They're like, no, this guy doesn't have it. Um, no offense, but I think that's what happened to, to Noel. Mm-hmm. But I think a ball. Oh, I'm not offended. I think ball. I, I met him and his family. <laughs> you, know you know they're tuning in. Much like Tyreek Hill can't leave the Chiefs uh, from, from his mouth. I think, you right. know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think ball was a strategic plan to just bring him along slowly, add weight, get him acclimated to America, and then unleash him this year. And whether, again, unleash is 8 points, 11 points, 14 points, I don't know. But I think he factors in pretty heavily to this team. Yeah, I, I do as well. And the other guy, too, we've saw a little bit of the highlights of. I don't know that he factors in big time this year, but I do think that he's going to be promising down the road. Again, is Borovichinen. I think that's how it's pronounced right there, so I'm actually happy that I got that. But one thing, though, with Borovichinen, just watching some of those little clips, and again, they're just clips, so take it for what it's worth. He definitely looks sturdier than I expected him to look. And he got by Kirk Carissa, which showed me that Kirk Carissa was in vintage Kirk Carissa defensive form. Am I crazy? Yes. Or is there a little Ricky Anderson in Philly B? I don't. I don't hate that. I don't about, hate that. About six nine, a right. little sturdier than you give him credit for. Right. I don't know if he's going to have Ricky's outside shot. But he also looks like he's already a better handle. He has a better handle yeah, than but, he does too. You know, people forget Ricky came in as a small forward and left as a center. Right. Um, and Ricky Anderson was a pretty good player who gets overlooked because he didn't have the post you know post uh professional career right um but, but he was yeah. a solid player yes but if you can get you know again if you can get two-thirds ricky anderson out of philly b I, i'll be happy with that you know if he's a guy but again he could be the adama ball of this year's class the guy who takes a little while to develop uh but as a sophomore or junior really starts to showcase what he has yeah, I think that's probably what you're looking for, too. And one thing, though, you got to give Tommy Lloyd on this is that Tommy Lloyd is, again, renowned as the best international recruiter and probably in the – so if he's going over to Macedonia or, you know, Estonia or wherever these places are, Latvia, and he's bringing a kid back, especially with as circumspect as he is about offering kids, he obviously sees that this person can be a big-time contributor for them. Yeah, if you look at, and again, I'd have to do a deeper dive, but my snapshot of Gonzaga was they didn't have a lot of international guys frustrated with their roles and end up right. leaving after a year. Uh, now, depending on what program you're in internationally, it's a different mindset. You, you know, you play for the junior team, and then you try to work your way. It's not like here where, you know, you can be 12 years old and there's a bidding war for you for AAU teams. Right. Uh, where kids and there's a pressure on kids, you know, I mean, as I think we peel the layers off of NIL and things you can find, there's a lot of 13 year olds paying the rent with AAU shoe money. No joke. Um, you know, you don't. Not, 
there you don't have that because again it's over it's above board what you can give the families but guys are a lot more patient um with their pursuit of playing time because that's just the system over there and it right. used to be the system here too if you went to modern day you know you knew okay i might make varsity as a freshman but i i you know there's a five-star guy who's uh, an NBA lottery pick ahead of me. I don't have to. I don't have to transfer to Orange Lutheran to play. Right. Um, right. I'm going to be patient. Then that's something that's a little lost. I think that's why a lot of coaches like the international players because they're more than willing to, you know, bide their time and, and prove themselves. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Four Peaks. That is the official uh, beer of PHNX right there. You can enter the Toast of the Month sweepstakes at gophnx.com. You must be 21 years or older. Enjoy responsibly. And Foku is now partnering with uh, PHNX. They are a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. Foco, F-O-C-O, has got you covered from the best Arizona merchandise. They have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. You name it, they got it. I like stuff like that. feels like something Anthony Cimino should be doing. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I think it could be good. But, um, Brad... As always, I know you're uh, we're up against the clock right here, but again, appreciate you coming on. We'll be back on our normal time next Tuesday, but again, thanks for pinching and hopping in right here. Yeah, yes. Thanks for accommodating my schedule. You got it. For William Brad Alice, I am Mike Luke. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com